Happy Fourth yesterday. Um, you already heard my message between Judy and uh, Bardo. You've already heard my message, so it's going to be a very short message today. I think they preached it. They didn't see my notes. They couldn't have seen my notes because I did. I did them late last night because I had two messages that I prepared, almost three actually, and late afternoon, I realized those were not the messages for today, and God really spoke to me what to speak on today, so this is just kind of crazy. Um, I hate when God does stuff like that to me. I like to be more prepared. (laughs) But you know, you can be as prepared as you can be and still not hit it. Let me, tell, let, me tell, let me tell you something. <clears throat> I know you think I'm perfect. Right, Mark? <laughs> I'm so not. Let me, let me tell you something. So I have performed, uh, you know, weddings. I think I was trying to figure out how many weddings I've done throughout my ministry. And I know I've done over 100. That's modest, over 100, okay? And you would think I got this thing wired. I don't have this wired. You know, let me tell you a little secret. Things go through my mind. You know, I, I like to cast them out, but it just doesn't work that way. Um, every time I marry a couple, I, I, what I've always wanted to say, and, and some of you know, how many of you know what I want to say? Yeah, a few of you already know. Okay, what I always want to say is, who gives this fine-looking woman to this mediocre guy? <laughs> I always want to say that, but I, I can't say that. And, I, and I'm, I'm up there, and, and, and I'm thinking that, and it, breaks, it broke my concentration yesterday. I did a wedding yesterday on July 4th. They really wanted to see the fireworks. And so, so the brides walked down beautifully with her dad. And I said, and I'm, thinking, I'm thinking that, what I told you before, I always go through my mind. So it breaks my, broke my concentration, and I said, who gives this man to be married to this woman? <laughs> I said, who gives the woman to be married to this man? And, and as soon as I said that, right through my mind, I said, this didn't sound right. <laughs> okay, but I didn't say nothing. I just looked at the guy, and he said, her mother, my wife and I do, and it went fine, and hardly anybody, but hardly anybody caught it but half the people. You know, and then, you know, to me, it's just so not right to have your phones go off during a wedding. It's just not right. Okay? So, so I gave my phone to my wife to hold it in her purse, but I forgot to, okay, take off the ringer. And guess whose phone rings? <laughs> Mine. And Pat's got to dig in her purse to find it, and who knows. And so... Even though you think you should, you should have this thing wired, sometimes you don't. And our walk with God is a lot like that, too. You know, you've been serving God many years, and you think you got this thing wired, and then you find out it's not as wired as you thought it would be. You know, God will show you something else that you've got to straighten out, or, or you make stupid, mis- stupid mistakes. Stupid mistakes, okay? Kind of reminds me of the, of the, of the story about the, the, um, the young pastor. The young pastor and... He, he wants to be successful, so he sees this, he knows this old preacher, just retired. And so he, he was very successful. So the young preacher 
goes to the old preacher and says, listen, you've had a successful ministry. What one thing can you tell me so I can have a successful ministry? And the old guy looked at him, the young guy, and said, don't do anything stupid. <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> Just don't do anything stupid. By the way, I need to talk about my dear friend and elder, Al Deering. Chances are he didn't buy that shirt himself. <laughs> Chances are Sandy bought it, okay? So we give Sandy credit. I talked to Al once, he says, he says, whatever I find in my drawer, I wear it. Sandy's... <laughs> <laughs> That's true, isn't it? I know it is. I know it is. Yeah. What am I talking about today? Independent, yeah. So, so yesterday, had a good time. We, we, I did a wedding early. The wedding was very early. And we had, it was one of those weddings where before the reception, you got about a four-hour wait. Yeah, so I, I went to uh, Josie and Tom's house, and we had, I had, a, we had, a, they had a barbecue, and they had a bunch of friends over there, and, and I ate. And then you go, to the, you go to the wedding reception, you eat again, and it's one of those, ugh, I don't want to eat again. And I, I'm not going to go home. Um, let me tell you what happened to me one time. This happened to me. You remember this? Yeah, so let me tell you what happened. So I, so I, so I, do, this, I do this ceremony outside at, at Lake Park, okay, on these steps, the winding steps by Lake Park, and it was hot. We're talking H-O-T, hot, 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 and I'm wearing black, okay? And it drained me. I was just exhausted, okay, after the, after the ceremony, and then... There was time before the reception, so I'm going to go home. So I take off my shoes, I'm doing my tie, you know. I fall asleep. I fall asleep. My wife calls me at the reception. She says, they're waiting for you to do the blessing, okay? I said, I just woke up. So she found somebody else to do it, and I got there really late. So these things happen. These things happen. Okay, enough of me. So I'm talking about Independence Day. Independence Day. You know, what is independence? I'm going to pray down the road here, but I'll talk to you a little bit first. What is independence? Well, here's my simple definition of independence. Independence is a type of freedom. It's the freedom from control by others. It's the state of being self-regulating. Can we all buy that? Okay, that's a good definition. Now, during the American Revolution, the legal separation of the 13 colonies from King George, I believe it was the third, uh, and all of Great Britain, took, Great Britain took place on July 2nd, 1776, when the Second Continental Congress voted to approve a resolution of independence that had been proposed in June by this guy named uh, Richard Henry Lee of Virginia, declaring the United States independent from Great, Britain, from Great Britain. Now, after voting for their independence, Congress turned its attention to the Declaration of Independence, a statement explaining this decision that they made. And today, Independence Day 
is a special day for the United States of America. Independence Day has become an American federal holiday where we celebrate the Declaration of Independence that was adopted July 4th, 1776. So, everybody says happy 4th of July. Well, I don't care what country you go into, you always have a 4th of July. Okay? But, but this is actually, we celebrate our independence do you think most Americans today appreciate the importance of our Independence Day? You think so? I, I, I don't think so. The question is, why not? Why not? Why is it that each generation seems to be depreciating the significance of Independence Day? Why is that? I hear stories of how Independence Day was celebrated 75 years ago. I remember when I was a kid, it was huge. Um, it's just becoming less and less and less of a significance to our country. We just don't think of the significance of, in, of Independence Day or July 4th. We just don't, it's it just, it just, what's it going to be like in a couple generations? Okay, now I'm going to turn the boat a little bit. I'll pray down the road here. Today, because of what took place May 14th, 1948, the State of Israel celebrates their Independence Day annually on or around the fifth day of the month of uh, Iyar, according to the Jewish calendar. Now listen, because of the newness and biblical significance of their independence, Israel celebrates Independence Day in a huge way. I mean a huge way. They really do it up big. It's kind of like our country used to do it big. In a way, Israel had experienced another type of Independence Day under the leadership of Moses when Israel was delivered from Egyptian slavery. I want to read about this because I want to say something about this that's very significant. In Exodus 6, verse 6, Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my people, my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with, uplifted, with uh, uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. So here's Israel. <clears throat> they're, they're in bondage for so many years, and God delivers them. God delivers them. They're generations of slaves. God delivers them with a mighty hand, all, they experienced the miracles. Wow. That's what you would think. Everybody would be in awe of their deliverance. The question is, how long did it take before those Israelites took their independence for granted and started grumbling? They were kvetching. You know what the word kvetch means? I love that word, kvetch. My mom would say, Frank, stop your kvetching. That's a Yiddish word for grumbling or griping. Quit being a kvetch. 
They were grumbling because they were tired of God's provisions. How long did this take? All of a sudden, they're tired of what God's given them. They want meat. How long did this take? Not long, right? It was a short time. Exodus 16, verse 6. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening we will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling, your kvetching against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, You will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your kvetching. You're griping against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but grumbling against the Lord. So they're actually grumbling to Moses, but he says, well, actually, you're grumbling against God. You're so dissatisfied. You've been set free. And all of a sudden, you forget your freedom and you want all these things given to you. Given to you. You're not satisfied with the provisions of God. Now, through the Son of God, Israel was offered another Independence Day that every believer should be aware of. Why? Because it affects the spiritual walk of everyone within the kingdom of God. There was another Independence Day given, and it was given to Israel at first. And then it's actually meant for the world. And Independence Day. But we take it for granted. And this is what I would want to briefly talk about. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this, uh, this time when I get to share on this subject. And I believe this is a subject that we need to hear. Lord, you prepared the way through prophecy and through the exhortation that Alex brought forth. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I want to say this, that independence is a type of freedom. It's the freedom from control from others. It's the state of being self-regulating. In John 8, verse 34, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. We're all born slaves. We're all born slaves to sin. It doesn't take a whole lot of reasoning to understand this. All you have to look at is, is children. You have two kids in the nursery. They'd kill each other over a graham cracker. They would smash each other's heads. You tell them, no. In the ear, one, in the, one ear and out the other. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. We're born slaves to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the son sets you free, you will be indeed, absolutely. So when the Son of God sets us free, we're really going to be free. 
free. In Romans 6, verse 17, But thanks be to God that, through, that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. So, we become, we become set, we are set free as being slaves to sin. But now, we're set free. He who sets us free is free indeed. But it's, it's a freedom to self-regulate, to be another type of slave that you want to be a slave, that you, you want to be like a slave to the one who, who's given you righteousness. You have, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves. True that. Just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness, leading to holiness. People that really grow in holiness are, are slaves. Slaves to God. We want to be slaves to God. When you were slaves to sin, you were, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things which result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. There are two types of people. Slaves to sin. Slaves to righteousness. But we could be no longer slaves to sin. But if we don't realize that we're slaves now to righteousness, it does not lead to holiness. And we know that God wants us to be holy. He says, be holy as I'm holy. In Romans 8, verse 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, because though Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man, in the likeness of sinful man, there was no sin in him, to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might uh, be fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit." Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. 
You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. So you have the ability to make yourself a slave to God. You've got this ability. Your old nature, you were body, soul, and spirit. When you're born again, you're given a new spirit. That's your, na- that's your sinful nature. It's bye-bye. You now have a new nature. The problem is we live soulishly. We, we live in the way we used to live before we were saved. And God doesn't want that. And there lies the struggle. It's in the soulish man. In Hebrews 2, verse 14, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that, his death, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Okay? You know what? We don't even have to have... We, we're, not, we're not even in, in bondage to the fear of death anymore because we really know where we're headed. Now, none of us are suicidal. But the older you get, the more heaven looks good to you. Let me tell you, I'm telling you, young people, the older you get, the more positive it becomes. It's not a bad place. It's a good place. You don't pay taxes. There's no laundry. You don't have bad hair days. Only good hair days. I'll tell you, when I get my new body... It's not going to be a 40-inch waist. I'm sure it's going to be a 34. (laughs) I'm going to have hair in heaven, a lot of hair in heaven. You know, your cholesterol will be normal. Everything's going to be good. We're going to be worshiping God. We're going to be loving each other. I don't have to worry about locking my doors. I don't have to worry about some pedophile living in my neighborhood. I have to worry about any of that stuff. Heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. It's a wonderful place. Don't have to worry about stuff like that. You know, the day, now this is what God wants us to really know. The day you receive Christ, you became independent. The day of your salvation was your day of independence, your independence day, your day of freedom. When you got saved, you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Freedom! Freedom from Satan's control. You're no longer a slave to sin. In other words, you don't have to sin anymore. You know that, don't you? You don't have to sin. You You sin... Because you choose to sin. You don't have to sin anymore. Isn't that something? I don't have to sin. Say that. I don't have to sin. You ever try to go a whole day without sinning? You ever try that? You think it's so easy? That which is not of faith is sin. So did you trust God? That you could find your other shoe? Did you trust God that you find, you know, whatever you do that's not a faith is sin? I tell you, we should be walking with constantly repenting. 
We don't have to, I don't have to sin. I really don't have to sin. This is a marvelous thing. <clears throat> I don't have to take something that doesn't belong to me. I don't have to. You know, sometimes we do these things, and we, we don't really mean to do it. I remember back when I was in Bible college, this one fellow, his name was Jim Feeney, he was a teacher, and he gave a, a sermon on, on sinning, and sometimes we sin without even realizing it. And he's talking about, now this is Anchorage, Alaska, where there's military bases. And he said, how many of you have those black government pens that say U.S. government on it? And almost every hand went up. And then he said, you know, those were not free. You just took those. And so all of a sudden, everybody's looking through the house of all those government pens. They want to give them back, you know. We had at least a dozen. So it's what they, you know those, Peter? Yeah, yeah. How many did you have at your house? You remember? You don't, you don't remember. It's too, that's too many years ago. But, but, but you know what I'm talking about. Those gov- it says U.S. black, you, those cheap clickers, you know, U.S. government. You just take, you just sign something, you just take, put it in your pocket. You don't even think you're taking it, but it doesn't belong to you. You take something that doesn't belong to you, it's really, that's, that's stealing. You don't have to sin. We do it unintentionally. We say things that we don't mean. We say things to get people off our back. We say things so the boss won't get angry. We say things so mom and dad won't get angry. But that's not truth. We're to speak truth. Freedom. Freedom from the control of your sin nature to be controlled by the Spirit of God. I'll tell you, that's, that's, my, my, that's, my, that's huge. That's a huge desire, to be controlled by the Spirit of God. God, I want you to control my life. You ever prayed that? So... I prayed that. I prayed that once. I remember praying out not long ago by, while brushing my teeth. You know, I'm going, why don't you be little of my life. Actually, I got an electric one. Zzz, you know, <laughs> of my life, you know. And then I took off to go to work. Wait a second. I was getting in the car, pulling out the driveway. I think, wait a second. I just prayed that you should, I, want to, I want you to control my life. I think you wanted me to pray before I left the house. Why did I not do that? Because we say, Lord, lead my life, but then we don't think about the Lord and, and his desire for our lives. We just go on the way we usually go on. But we're freed from the control of our sin nature to be, crawled, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, which means you have to be tuned into the Holy Spirit consistently. We have a freedom from the power and the fear of death. I already talked about that. We have the freedom to say no to unrighteousness and yes to righteousness. Here's the bottom line. Before you were saved from your sins, you were a slave to sin. You didn't know it. You realize that after you were saved, after you were saved, but you were a slave to sin. You were in bondage to sin. And all your good deeds could not cancel out those things that today you're ashamed of. But because of God's mercy, 
When you receive Jesus Christ, Jesus sets you free so you could choose to become his dedicated slave. You've been set free to make this choice. And the result of your decision to serve God is is eternal benefits. The fact of the matter is Jesus made it possible to each and every one within the kingdom of God to have their own personal Independence Day. Your Independence Day was the day you got saved. Don't take your personal Independence Day for granted. You have been set free for a purpose to make yourself a slave, and the slaves of God know him personally. You've been set free to worship him, to follow him, and to make that decision to serve him. Whatever capacity he's given you, to serve him. Independence Day. I had an Independence Day in the early 1970s. That was my Independence Day. When was your Independence Day? Are you taking your Independence Day for granted? Don't. Don't. Don't diminish its value in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a song that, man, we used to sing back in the old days. Some of you may not know it, but it's really an easy song to get. It goes like this. If, if, If you know it, you're welcome to follow along with me. It goes like this. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus... Remember this, Mark? I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus set me free. Well, Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus set me free. You remember this at all? Come on, sing it with me. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus set me free. Well, Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Singing glory, hallelujah, Jesus set me free. Yeah, you got an Independence Day. You, you are, you, you've got your own personal Independence Day. Don't diminish it. Think of it and make adjustments if you have to. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand together, please. Did you pick up this brochure? I wrote this brochure on the, the Abrahamic benediction in the, in, in the Christian, and you may want to pick this up. It's in the foyer. This is God who wants to bless you from number 621. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace in your heart, knowing that you have had 
and Independence Day, the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you a lot. Um, a lot of you are going to go barbecuing or whatnot. If you have no place to go, go to Judy Gavin's house. Okay? God bless you. I'll see you in the coffee shop.